It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I was right. Uh, no, I was right. I was right. Uh, we were right. We were right, weren't we? And you were right with us. And because you were right with us, we want to celebrate being right. We want to celebrate Philadelphia sports being good, but also we want to celebrate being right. In style at the Underground Arts Theater, Friday, December 22nd. There are a lot of guests already. You guys have Chris Ryan. Yes, of TheRinger.com. We're bringing on Larry Poff. He's of our course, baby. Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast, BGN Radio. We were right before Christmas live dual podcast show at the Underground Arts Theater. If you're not there, uh, you're square. You're very, you're a fool. You're wrong. Actually, if it's you, cool to be square. If if you're okay, Huey. <laughs> if you're not there, let's put it this way: December twenty second, we were right before Christmas. If you're not there. You were wrong. That's right. Tickets on sale right now for $18, $20 day of. Don't wait for the day of. This will sell out. Undergroundarts.org. Hey, guys. John Barchard here, and I know what you're thinking. Listen, my fantasy season is over. There's really nothing for me to do. I say go download Draft. If you're tired of getting beat by the pros on the DFS salary cap sites, I hate math. I can't stand it. That's why I switched to Draft. Your chances of winning are 80% better on Draft. Plus, more than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft, and you can play in a real NFL or NBA draft right now and be done in under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want. It's so convenient. 
Plus, if you go right now, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit and use the promo code BGNR. That's right, playing a real money draft right now just using the promo code BGNR. But it gets even better because if you don't like it, they guarantee your money back up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with the promo code BGNR. Welcome into the 17th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio and BGNRadio.com. And, you know, just before I, I, I get fully into this podcast, because I give my all on this podcast, I just want to let you know there's going to be a good amount of F-bombs in this podcast, and there's going to be a good amount of cursing and things like that, because that's how that game really made me feel and I'm sure the diseased Eagles fan and you felt the same way and it's been weird this season because as a diseased Eagles fan you know these last I don't know ever since the Kansas City game no ever since the Giants game uh it's been like a breeze you know it's been it's been very mostly calm watching the Eagles which I've never really felt before I just had a had a real calmness about me that I just it was something I haven't really experienced, and the old Jack was back on Sunday. It was, it was. I had to take a, a multiple laps around the studios here at WIP, and you know, usually when I watch at home or, or with like one of my friends, again, I don't watch with large groups because it's too many fakes, and I just can't deal with the, with the fake takes. Um, I was just, I, I, I was back to the old like. Everything's going wrong. Everything's falling apart. You know, I was, I was like not trusting the spot. I was not. I was trying everything I could to, to, to change the fortunes of the game. Like I have something to do with it. But of course, we all have something to do with the outcome of the Eagles. It's ridiculous not to think that. But like it was the first time in a while I was like really angry about the Eagles, and everything felt right again. You know that Eagles loss. Everything started to feel right again at Philly Sports. It was never. It was never going as well as we thought it was. Um, it was just like a really, really frustrating game. Um, and I and you know it, I hadn't felt that angry about a game in a while and I think it's because of how much I truly loathe the Seattle Seahawks I fucking hate that team and we're gonna go into the trust tree early in this episode and I don't need you judging me I hate losing to the Seahawks in Seattle more than I hate losing to the Cowboys they are they are collectively from the players to the fans, to the organization, the biggest frauds in all of football, in all of sports. The stupid, like, all right, the 12th man is fucking bullshit, okay? You build a stadium designed to be loud. Like, you, you, you did that on purpose. Your fans aren't good. They came out of fucking nowhere years ago once you got Russell Wilson and started winning some games, Okay. And you wear fluorescent colors so the kids think you're cool. Like, you're bullshit. You're, 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 you're the 12th man you had to buy from Texas A&M. You bring Chris Pratt out before the game, who I personally love. I love Chris Pratt. He's, like, my favorite. But, like, he looks like a psychopath. It, like, that's like us bringing out, like, Rocky before we had the link in 2004. 
Like, that's what he looked like. He looked like an insane person. So the 12th man is bullshit. Like, please, please. If we built Lincoln Financial Field like you built that stadium, good luck walking out of there. It's just like, that's bullshit. And then in the third quarter, fourth quarter, I see a We Dem Boys thing. Like, like the Steelers started that. Penn State did that forever. And now now it's cool. And then the the, the, the Seahawks just take it. That's what they do. Like, they did a We Them Boys get the fu- defense fired up. Real original, you frauds. I, and then, and then it's the players. It's the players. It's that team. It's Ch- Pete Carroll chewing that gum. Like, it's got, like, it's the last piece of gum on earth. Or he's got a gun to his head, and the faster he chews it, he only has a certain amount of time to chew that gum. It's ridiculous. It pisses me off. Uh, it pisses me off that their defensive coordinator is like 35. But, like, the players. The Seahawks are dirty. And I always forget just how dirty they are until the Eagles go there and play. They do. Like, Jeff Schwartz pointed this out during the game. He's like... The Eagles are getting called for every single defensive holding possible, like little ticky-tack shit, against the Seahawks, who have the most handsy defensive backs in the league. That's what I'm talking about. It's ridiculous. Michael Bennett is an asshole. Michael Bennett, like, oh my god, when he was like wincing his wrist in the fourth quarter or whatever, after Wentz made that ridiculous play, I was cheering. I hate Michael Bennett. And I didn't hate Frank Clark before this game because I didn't know who the fuck he was. But after this game, like Frank Clark is on my list. Frank Clark was 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 throwing once to the ground, doing all kinds of dirty little shit that the Seahawks pull in Seattle. It is they 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 are dis, they are a despicable organization. They are despicable, like a classless team with classless players. And it's just like, you know, like Bobby Wagner has his hands all up in Brandon Brooks' face and doesn't get called. Like, the refs the refs were an absolute abomination in that game. And I'm very quick to pull out the whole, like, I think the NFL's rigged thing. But, like, with that line, it went down to three and a half. And I know last week I was very confident with how big it was. But once it went to three and a half and all the money was on the Seahawks in Seattle, had a lot of weird vibes about it. And uh, I think I we, let's just go on the trust tree before I get to the refs again. Um, I bet on the Eagles this weekend, um, and that's always like a bad thing. But betting on the Eagles is something I never do. I mean, I bet on like, I bet on them against the Bears, but like I don't know. I saw three and a half, and it was a really it was a really dumb idea on my part. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry I bet on the Eagles. Uh, it's not something I usually do, but I did. Uh, it's not something I'm proud of. But I, I did bet on the Eagles, and I will never do it again because it's like not only did they lose and they got uh, they lost to the, uh, an asshole team, but on top of that, you lost money, which is like the worst. Come so it was, it was a dark night. It's been a dark couple hours, but the refs. So you, you saw it early, right? With the block in the back, uh, and then the guy dives at Kenyon Barner, and and nothing gets called there. The 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 Ronald Darby faux pass interference the Alshon Jeffrey hold uh it was it was a list and list of things and then oh well, uh, Bo Allen gets blatantly held right in front of the ref nothing the, the Seahawks pick up a first down uh Corey Graham's feet get tangled with Jimmy Graham automatic first down Fletcher Cox gets held right in front of the refs again down on the goal line 
and nothing's called and then the, and the, on this on that play the Seahawks get a touchdown like it was it was it was insane let's let's let's, let's I have a list here actually because I, I I went through it for Angelo uh they lost a challenge which was very evident that Torrey Smith was across the first down marker and then by losing that challenge Doug got passive and and didn't go for it later on a third down or on a, on a on a challenge uh, on the Russell Wilson bullshit pitch, which again the refs missed on, like the refs missed that. The uh, and the NFL came out and admitted that the refs were wrong on that. Beautiful. There's two block in the backs, by the way. There's there's another one that was it was super late and came out of virtually nowhere. Uh, yeah, on on one drive, Patrick Robinson defensive holding Corey Graham. Uh, on the it was just like it was it was absolutely insane. On the third and three to Zach Ertz, it got him concussed. Uh, McDougal got there early and hit Ertz, causing fourth down, and the Eagles don't get it. Also injured Ertz. Also, McDougal was an asshole earlier and went from Wentz's head. Like they, they are the team that does that shit to, to opposing teams. They'll, they'll go for the quarterback's head, try and knock him out of the game, and, and, and whatever. And then the obviously the illegal forward pass, and I don't know. Like for the, for that amount of stuff to go wrong, it was like the like I'm I'm obviously really mad they lost, but I'm just like. I'm mad because for 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 a couple reasons, and we'll we'll address this in the Doug Peterson confidence meter, which we'll check on. Um, like the Eagles, I thought they were close. I think the, the the final score didn't indicate how close that game really was. And if a few if a few bounces go the Eagles' way, like the fumble go the Eagles' way, the Alshon Jeffrey hold doesn't happen. Like, or the refs just don't call that because they didn't have to call it. Like the refs, the refs, the refs didn't miss a call against the Eagles and were quietly not calling anything really against the Seattle Seahawks. It was, I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in that game. Everything that could, and, and honestly, those games happen in the NFL. So yes, I'm royally pissed, but I'm more royally p- pissed because I want to beat that goddamn team so bad. So bad. I, I cannot stand that football team. I mean, I have them right up there with the Cowboys. Like I just I get as mad when I lose to them when I lose like they're just they're just a bunch of cheap assholes that that, that play dirty and and we're talking smack. Like I just I hate it. I hate every second of it. Um but yeah. Really, really frustrating game. But at the same time, those things happen and we'll learn a lot about this team uh heading into the LA Rams game. And I know it's cliche to say like they kind of needed a game like this. But they kind of needed a game like this. I think they were getting a little bit too on their high horse, you know. There, all the reporters are in the in the in the uh, locker room and like, hey, uh, what 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 celebration are you gonna do next there? And like getting all happy, which is good. Like you're supposed to be happy when you're good. But I also think that translates to the practice field. And I mean, Doug even said like they didn't practice as hard this week, which like Doug uh, get them to practice hard. They haven't won shit. Uh, so that's that's super not encouraging. But I think getting. Uh, your your ass kicked by the the class of the NSC for the last five years was really important and really calmed you down with, with the Super Bowl talk. Um, and it didn't it didn't take long for me to be like, well, this team's screwed. Uh, they're not winning the Super Bowl. And are we sure Carson Wentz is good? I'm sure. Uh, listen, trust tree to trust treeers. Don't tell me you didn't have that internal conversation with yourself in the third quarter. Just humor me. I know you did. We all did. We all did. It's fine. It's why, that's why the trust tree is here. We all got to that point where we're like, oh, I guess we're not that good. Maybe we're like the third team in the third best team in the NFC, and there's no way we can win a road playoff game. <laughs> like, tell, like, just tell me you didn't think that. Because I thought it, which is fine. I think we're fine. 
That sounds like so fanboy. Like, we're fine. We're going to be great. But, you know, I think they needed that ass kicking. And if they lose in Los Angeles, I'll be really, really worried about the future of this team. This season. The future of the team is fine. It's because of Carson Wentz. Let's check in on the Doug Peterson confidence meter. The Doug Peterson confidence meter was, I believe, at 90% last week. And I'm going to drop it down to 85%. I think, I think we got a little bit too ahead of ourselves with the 90, 90% thing. I, you know, I think we were all riding that Eagles train, which is fine. You should, you should absolutely ride the wave of a, of a team that's won nine straight and it's just been blowing its opponents out. But I was, I was pretty upset with Doug. Um, and, I, and I think I'm going to keep it at 85% until the Eagles win a game like that. Win a game in Seattle when all the odds are against you. And it seems like everything's going against your team. Win that game, and you get back up to 90%. Back up to 90%. Doug is going to be, I know this this is going to be bulletin board material for you, Doug. Um, I know you listen to the podcast, and that's great. Thanks thanks for your support. Uh, Give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Doug. Um, You're 85%, and I think the only way you get to 90% is, is, is winning a tough road game in a tough environment. I know the Carolina game was great, and we were all riding high about that. But Cam Newton also played like trash. Um, I I want to see a game like the like what happened in LA, in Seattle, where you come out, you don't play well in the first half, you overcome that, and 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 you win that game. It's a growing pain loss. It's a growing pain loss, which is fine. They happen. We can't fully overreact, even though I really really want to. But I think I think eighty five percent is a very fair thing. So so th- Doug, I know you're listening. Bulls and board material for you. You are at eighty five percent. I'll I'll give you the criteria. I'll give you the the answers to the test right now. Want to get to ninety percent? Win a tough road game. Want to get to ninety five percent? Win a playoff game. Want to get to a hundred percent? Bring home the big one, Doug. Bring home the big one for the city. So, Doug, I thought he came out. I thought he was super passive, you know. And I don't, I don't like reading too much into the players and how they react to things. But I think when you go for it all season on fourth and short, your quarterback is literally unstoppable on fourth and short. Um, and then, in the and then you're on a territory where you would go for it usually, and then you don't go for it like they did in the first quarter. It just sends a message to your team like, oh, uh, you don't trust us. You don't trust us in that situation. That's kind of how I feel, you know. I think that's, a, that's, that's something that, that, that players feed off of. Like, oh, he trusts us. And I think, I think Doug played more not to lose in the first half rather than trying to win. And I think he was being super conservative with Carson. Uh, you know, Carson was doing those fucking out routes to Torrey Smith, which is fine, but eventually you have to set one up for going deep. Like, I just think to win in Seattle, you can't do the the stupid little petty bullshit that, that you try to do, like they try to do. Like, you have to come out, slam your dick on the table, and go play some football. You know, take a shot early. Take a shot deep early. Like, I don't know. It, was, it felt too much like, uh, don't want to turn the ball over. Don't want to get the fans riled up. Don't want to give them good field position. Like, you have to play to win. And I, and I just I just felt like Doug kind of changed his whole season-long philosophy. And, and I think it's a good learning experience for him. I mean, he's learned so much from last year. I mean, we can just see it. Uh, he's, he's, he's making the right calls on fourth down. 
Um, he's just he's just more assertive. And I still am super confident in Doug Peterson. And what's so annoying is like anyone who ever doubted Doug Peterson is coming out of this week being like, see, told you. Like you didn't you didn't tell us shit. Like, relax. Um so the Doug Peterson confidence meter, 85%, and I think that's fair. Win a tough road game. Maybe if you win this week in LA when things are going against you, but please God, don't lose that game <laughs> at all. We're also gonna introduce another uh another meter this week, and I'm surprised it took me 17 episodes to come up with this. It's the Wentz semi-chub meter. So we can either go semi-chub or full chub. But the Wentz semi-chub meter, we're going to check in on. Because even when this team loses, it doesn't feel as painful as when the old teams lost. The old Eagles lost. Because we have Carson Wentz. And, like, I love him. (laughs) I really love him. And, you know, in Seattle, he was talking smack back to them, which I loved. I would also love to know what Carson Wentz smack talk is. Like, what do you think Carson Wentz is saying? I could easily see him being like, hey, man, hey, brother, Jesus saves, <laughs> or something like that. Like, what is, I want to know what Carson Wentz smack talk sounds like because it's probably nothing. Now, if it was like, I'm going to kick your ass, oh, my God. Like, if there was audio of that, I would just, I would play that on a loop every single morning. But I don't think that's what it was. If, if, if Wentz was saying to Michael Bennett, I'm going to kick your ass, the semi-chub meter would be full chub. We'd be full eggplant emoji. Um, so that was like, I was fired up. I was like, that's my quarterback, baby. And then he went to a little bit of a lull. Like, Carson did not play great. And I love how people, like, like guys, uh, we, we can, like, last year it kind of hurt to criticize Wentz because we just wanted to be so sure that he was the guy and we had Key and Fahey and all that stuff. He's the guy. Everyone knows he's the guy. And it's okay to to come out and be like, hey, man, he didn't play that well. And he looked a little shook in Seattle again. Like, he looked really shook in Seattle last year. And I saw the same kind of thing last or on Sunday night. I really did. I saw a little bit of deer in headlights. And then he started really vibing. And that fumble, I think, pissed him off. And I think he got really hot after that. And and that <laughs> the throw to Nelson Aguilar while he's falling down, uh, I was convinced the Eagles were coming back and winning that football game. It was just like, here we go. That's what I'm talking about. That's the guy I've seen all year. That throw, that throw is not going to get talked about enough because they lost the game, but it was probably the most impressive throw outside of the Corey Clement throw this whole entire season. It was ridiculous. Like the, the, the balls to be falling down and throwing that thing right into the pocket of Nelson Aguilar was something that only he can, Rodgers can probably do it. Ben Four years ago, can probably do it, but there, it's it's the like Cam can do it, but there that that's 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 an elite quarterback throw, and I was, I then tell me you didn't think the Eagles were coming back and winning that game when he did that, um, and then the final thing that was just so semi chubby, the teammates consoling him on the sideline was was everything, you know the Eagles lost, feeling super down in the dumps, but when I know my quarterback cares as much as I do. That makes me so happy. And it wasn't shown on TV, but it, Howard Eskin was down on the field, and he was like seven teammates had to come over to him and just tell him it's going to be okay. Like, he's that pissed off. Like, that is that is everything to me. That's how I was as a player, and that's how Carson is. And, like, I'll trust that guy to be my quarterback forever. Like, that's – the fact that he's that pissed off, that's just – it's the competitive nature that you just can't teach. 
And I I loved every second of that. I really did. So the the Wentz semi chub meter was in full effect on Sunday night, even though he didn't play that well. He'll be fine. He'll 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 overcome those those, those things. And I can't believe I'm 20 minutes into this podcast, and I haven't bring it brought up that that fucking rat Marcus Smith, that bum ass Marcus Smith, the guy had one rush yesterday or Sunday in garbage time and he's he's tweeting after out, out after the game talk that shit shut up marcus like sh- just shut what what did you do in that what are what are you bringing to that team yeah you it's it was illustrated per- that was the definition of your group did all the work and you're taking their credit for it in a group project pipe down marcus smith did you watch the game on your ipad because that's what it felt like. So I wasn't too worried about the, the Eagles in L.A. until I really sat back and thought about it and then remembered they're in Los Angeles. They're in Los Angeles for a week. And I just like, that's going to be pretty hard to focus, don't you think? Like, oh, it's 75 degrees and sunny. It's perfectly sunny. Look at the beautiful women. Look at the beach. Uh, we're already out of our comfort zone because we're not in the in the, the freezing, even though it's not that cold, but the the northeast and it's cold in the morning on our way to work instead of here, it's it's 70 when we get in our car. Like, it just feels like, and like they, they, they can do so much in LA and go out, party. Uh, I mean, the Eagles don't seem like a super party crowd team, but like it's still something you have to worry about, and I really wasn't scared about it until I heard some former players on the station being like, "Yeah, no, it's a problem <laughs> going to going to L.A. Uh, in the middle of the season for a full week when you can't possibly be monitored by everyone." Like I thought it was like when I when when I was thinking about it, rational. Not well, I guess it was rationally. I was like, "Well, you know, they're in L.A. and it's really smart. They're not flying back and forth." But now I'm terrified. I'm terrified of them being in LA. Keep, keep Nigel Bradham away from all Cabana boys. Like they could, they could be doing some shit out there. I'm a little worried about not even like getting in trouble, but just their focus level. Like your focus level cannot possibly be the same uh, than it would be when you're coming to work here in blue collar Philadelphia. Okay, now you're you're out there with the white collar softies in LA. You're gonna come out and play soft on Sunday. In 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 LA, in LA. I'm not, I'm low key very terrified of of what they're doing out there in Los Angeles. But I did find it hilarious that the Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, opened up their their stadium to the Eagles. I thought that was really funny, and because I just pictured Mike Trout walking in there and being like, "Hey, um, if you don't accommodate my football team and help them beat the Los Angeles Rams, I'm leaving." I'm not showing up to spring training. And I can just imagine him holding his team at hostage until they built, they legit build a football stadium in their beautiful baseball park. Like, that's got to cause some serious damage to, <laughs> to their stadium. But Mike Trout, I envisioned this, was like, I don't give a fuck. Do you want me to leave here and go somewhere else to play baseball? Or do you want to accommodate my football team for the week? So thank you, Mike Trout, in advance. I know you're a big listener of the podcast as well. Feel free to give us a five-star rating on the iTunes um, thank you because you 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 accommodated you, you you threatened to leave you held them at gunpoint per se, um and, and you got the Eagles a, a good venue like you, literally the, the Angels like I remember when the when the Phillies 
hosted the Winter Classic, and just to replace the sod was like $3 million. So I can only imagine what the Eagles are doing out there to that field. We have our final Ben McAdoo update. Uh, the Ben McAdoo update was, was a fun thing to check in during the week, but unfortunately, or fortunate, it is unfortunate. It's definitely unfortunate it's coming to an end because I really liked picking on Ben McAdoo, and I really thought he was a shitty coach, and I really wish he was staying in that dumpster fire that is the New York Giants. Because uh, now they're going to get a top two pick. They're probably going to get a quarterback. Not saying that quarterback's going to be amazing because this class is, is, is none too special to me. But uh, losing Ben McAdoo hurts the Eagles inherently. Uh, he got fired this week. Um, and I tell you what, every time I look at him, I'm like, yeah, you got a really fireable face. A very fireable face. Um, really just the worst looking head coach I think I've ever seen. And he's gone. So this is our final Ben McAdoo update. We'll pour one out for him. Uh, his 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 career as a head coach is probably over. It's probably over. When you when you when you bench the Hall of Fame quarterback that that won you two Super Bowls and was Super Bowl MVP, you're probably not gonna get another coaching job. But thanks for the good times, Ben. Thank you for the good times. All right, let's check the counterpoint mailbag. I think the mailbag questions have uh, slowly been going up, and I love that almost every one of them starts with, "Hey, man." Congrats on the engagement. I, too, <laughs> am married or engaged or dating uh, some a girl that doesn't care about the Eagles, <laughs> which is, like, funny to me. And uh, I think Jill was like, hey, we should have them all get they, they should all get together and say, and have to stand up in a circle and be like, yes, my husband is a diseased Eagles fan, uh, and just console each other because it's a, it's a, it's a problem that we have. But this is this is a, this is a really good one. Uh, this is this is funny, and this is from a, a listener in Australia, which like I always find fascinating when we get listeners from like Denmark, uh, you know, just Europe in general, uh, Australia, because it's like, what made you guys become like <laughs> disease Eagles fans? I mean, I mean, I love it. It's really cool. But like, I'm sorry that you picked this team. Just kidding. Actually, now it's good. But for a little bit there, it's definitely a bad decision on your part. Bad. You know, I don't know if I could trust you people. Just kidding. I mean, I was born into it. I mean, we people from Philadelphia are just born into it. It's very odd to, to have people that aren't from here like your football team. But it's cool. It's cool. Something I'm not used to. But now that I've been a part of BGN Radio, it's, it's really interesting. I find it really cool. Anyway, uh, it's from Dan's Gold, which I don't know if that's your name, but it's your email name. Um, Mr. Fritz, first of all, congrats on the engagement. Your news has inspired me to come clean. That's what we're here for, Dan. Um... I need to get something off my chest, and I hope being in the trust tree, as we are, we are always in the trust tree, Dan. There's no judgment here that I'm not judged, not too much anyway. First of all, I live, born and bred in Sydney, Australia, and I have the Eagles disease. For those unaware, your Sunday night football is Monday night football here at like 4 a.m. for the early games. Imagine (laughs) just having to do that. Oh, my God. I mean, that sounds like a nightmare. Anyway. Um, two years ago, the disease got too much for me and I was missing too much football with stupid work on a Monday. So like all normal people, I told my work, I couldn't work Mondays anymore because I had to look out for my kids. Good, good excuse. I love it. Always like, what, what can the job say to I have to take care of my kids? Like be like, no, you're not going to do that. But here, here's where it gets interesting. I then told my lovely Eagles unaware wife that I, that unfortunately my employer had to cut my work days by a day and it was coincidentally on Mondays. I have been keeping this to myself for too long and need the trust tree to lift the burden a little bit. I can now live hand in hand with my disease. Fly birds fly. 
fly equals fly, but eh, it's all right. Uh, please tell BLG to adjust the camera angle on his Facebook camera. I can only look up his nose for so long. Thanks, Dan. Dan, thank you. You know, that's what the trust tree is here for. If, if you have a similar story to Dan that you need to just get off your chest, the things that you've done to get to for your disease. I mean, we all we are all living with this disease and having to lie to your wife, having to lie to your work about Mondays. It's inspiring. It's 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 a damn inspirement, Dan. I, I really I really, really enjoyed that. Um, this is from Taylor Judge. Will you ever try to test the spot by not using it during a game? If you do try to test it, I recommend the Giants game with much respect, Taylor. So this was sent before the Seahawks game, and I didn't know what to do. It's time to talk about the spot for a second because 75% of you said that I should trust the spot. I think that's the right call because the Phillies did lose a couple games in the OA run, but I trusted the spot. I trusted the spot. I stayed in the spot. I stayed part of the course. They've only lost one game since I've been in the spot. I was I was in the spot after the Chiefs game. So, did I trust the spot on 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 Sunday? I did. You know, I tried different things in the spot. I usually fold my arms, but this time I had my hands holding up on top of the uh, above the door. Uh, and that worked for a little bit, and then things went awry, so I went back to what I usually did. Um, I, I trusted this. I, I, I tested the spot a bit on Sunday. I tried moving around, but it just like I, I was like, listen, I talked to myself and I said, listen, you just gotta you've been, you, you trust the process, trust the spot, whatever you gotta do. You, you stay part of the course. Don't you can't just give up on the spot after nine straight weeks of elation. Um, so I, I, I tested it a bit, but I didn't feel right testing it. And if the Eagles lose two straight, I think then I will start being concerned about the spot. But with the way the refs were going, I mean, the refs had control of that game from, from the start of it. So there wasn't much the spot could do. Um, so I did test it a bit, but I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm, I'll move the spot when, the, when the time feels right. Okay. Uh, this is, this is another good one. This is from Aman Alexander. Jack, love the podcast and fully agree with the the view that wife, GF, fiance uh, need to be all in or out on the Eagles. My feigning interest is a bad middle ground. My wife is deaf out. This is what I'm talking, I'm talking about. Every single email starts like this. It's, it's hilarious. Um, burning question. Should I feel bad for wishing this Eagle season ended in a Super Bowl win if in karm- karmic exchange is a too big of a word for me? My brain is not that smart. Uh, it means a rival dominates like the Cowboys win three in a row. Would you do the same? For me, a single modern championship trumps everything. So I agree with you. The Cowboys could win three straight, and I wouldn't care. I need the one. Like My motto in life is just give me one before I die. Just give me one. I just need that one. Get the, get the, the, the monkey off our backs. I'm good with it. I'm very good with it. Um, give me the one. I don't care if the Cowboys, Giants, Redskins win three in a row after that. I just need the one. So I think that's I think that's the right way to approach it. I mean, what then? Like, what happens if the like the, the Cowboys win three in a row and then you're just you're just out? Like your team just stinks. Give me the one, and give me one before I die. Bonus question for the pod: If you could choose Carson with Cupid's arrow, which celebrity would you like to see become the first lady of Philly football? Well, the real answer is that Carson would never go after a celebrity. You know, Carson's a uh, a down-home country boy, per se, from North Dakota, really humble living, uh, very religious from that side. And that really doesn't usually coincide with uh, celebrities, but it does coincide with one. I think the correct answer is Carrie Underwood, but unfortunately, 
she is married so i mean carson would never do that because he's an upstanding human being he would never infringe on another man's marriage because he's a classy guy so i mean i think carrie underwood from the religious aspect from the the drop dead gorgeous aspect carrie underwood is probably the right answer but if she's gone i'm dipping back into that that u.s soccer pool just like his teammate zach Hertz, and i'm picking alex morgan not only because is she dope on the field that whole team is dope. They're insanely good. And I have a long-standing theory that your children's athletic genes come from the mom. I think that's just a fact at this point. So I think I think it comes from the mom. I think I think I I'm thinking more in the fact that I need multiple Carsons and I need him to always be my quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm thinking that you date Alexis more Alex Morgan. I don't know why I said I'm Alexis. Date Alex Morgan think breeding wise the athletic genes come from the mom she's a freak athlete combined with Carson kids gonna have good height boom My, I, I will always have a quarterback so um yeah I think that's a pretty foolproof idea and Amon is listening from his honeymoon in Vietnam which is amazing I love that Jack Cole asks uh is Bud Light shaking in their shorts because they might have to give the Eagles free beer, or everyone. It says the Eagles win Super Bowl, everyone gets a free beer. Like I think we addressed this on an earlier podcast, but I think Bud Light was low key talking shit, uh, saying we never win a Super Bowl. So the joke would really, really be on them. Now I wonder if it would just be in the city. It would probably just be in the city, which they might have to give out a million beers, which would be hilarious. Um, so good luck with that, Bud Light, and don't think we forgot because we, of course, did not forget. Uh, let's move on here. Trust the spot. Thank you. I will trust the spot. We, we agree on that. Uh, Darian Null, who I was a Uber driver for once, which is cool. It's an inter- interesting story. Um, what are your thoughts on the Alshon Jeffrey contract extension? I, I, I'm assuming we all expect how to work his magic and make the money work, but do you see Alshon keeping up his consistent production for years to come? So I think it's an interesting one because he's been healthy this year. He's been on his best behavior this year. And I think that coincides with him. Um, you know, he, I think that directly coincides with him in the contract year and he wants to get that money and, and whatever. So I'm a little bit concerned because Alshon did have some off the field problems, both in South Carolina and with Chicago. So I, definitely a little bit of concern there, but he seems to really be buying in here. Um, and, and seems like I think him and Carson are just getting on the same page now. And I've said it, uh, for a little bit now, I think he's going to be our Plaxico Burst. I mean, the year the the Giants won the Super Bowl, Plaxico went for I think a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. That's about what Alshon's going to do this year. So, and and here's the thing: like when, uh, when this came down, I was very excited because I love Alshon. I'm a big Alshon guy, and I turned into a big Alshon guy because people seem to not like him that much here, and they don't think he's doing anything, which is complete and utter bullshit. Um, here's the thing with 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 the cap: is he kind of just have to trust Howie, just trust him. With this, with this cap stuff, he's he's gonna figure out. He's gonna work his magic. I mean, just don't worry about the cap stuff because how he's gonna take care of it. I love the contract extension. I think it's twenty seven million essentially guaranteed for for two years. If he's banged up, if he's not living up to the expectations, just cut him after two years. But you're not gonna find a better uh, player than Alshon Jeffrey on the free agent market because they usually just don't become available. But the Alshons of the world just don't become available, and uh, you can't tell me that his him being there doesn't directly coincide with with Zach Ertz and, and, and Nelson Aguilar having career years. 
on the on the other side, I, people today at the station were saying that Nelson Aguilar is better than than Alshon Jeffrey, which is it's borderline fireable offense to to actually think that. Okay, uh, last one here from the email. It's from Sean T. Will Dougie D- with Will Dougie Doug? I didn't know that was his nickname. Uh, always call the plays for the Eagles, or will he will he eventually give the job of play calling to his OC so he can focus on being a head coach and maybe possibly challenging plays at the right time? Andy Reid was calling plays in in Kansas City and eventually handed play calling responsibilities over to Doug. Um, he just handed play calling over again, which is hilarious. And then lost to the Jets. Like Andy is a, is a shit coach, and it's all falling apart. For him in, in Kansas City. Uh, will Doug ever do the same? Um, for, before I get to everything else, I am fine with him calling the plays. Like He's been a fine play caller. I don't think that he's... It's not like the, the offense is really stalled. I mean, there are some things in the Seattle game they stalled, but they eventually made some adjustments and just had costly uh, turnovers at the wrong time. Uh, the only time you ever see play, uh, coaches really give up play calling duties is if everything is going wrong. Like everything's going wrong in Kansas, Kansas City for Andy Reid, so he's just thinking, well, you know, I'll give up the play calling duties. That'll take care of it. That'll get the, the, the rabid Kansas City media off my back. And like Ben McAdoo this, did the same thing earlier this year. So it's just like I feel like that's something a fired a coach is about to be fired would do. So uh, sure, if it gets to that point, yeah, I'll, I'll, I have no problem with Doug getting the play calling. Right now, though, like after one loss, it's just not a big deal right now um also i love that this is the second part of the question also i love that wentz is a jesus freak not your typical t uh not your typical tim tebow jesus freak but the kind that does good work with his foundation doesn't throw his beliefs in your face it's it's a total positive for the team in my opinion uh keep up the good work i love the podcast and keep breaking elliot shore park's balls elliot you didn't thank me for for saving your career but it's okay Um, I, I, I agree with, 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 with the Wentz thing. Uh, Jesus freaks a little much. I mean, come on, let's, let's relax. Um, it's, it's good. It's definitely not a bad thing. It's a great thing. And he's not in your face about it. Like, like, like Tim Tebow was, you know, it, 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 I think it, I think it instills this confidence in him that he can do whatever because in God's eyes, he's great. You know, I think that's fine. I think that, that, that takes a lot of self-inflicted pressure off of you. And I think it's inflicted a lot of the team. I think the team's in a really good spot because of this of this faith. And that's fine. That's great for me. That's that's perfectly fine. And you're right. He's not in your face about it, which is cool. I think people should believe whatever they want to believe. So uh, it's cool. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, let's check in on my Twitter. Um, Brandon Helms uh, says, I'm more concerned about your engagement than the spot, man. Jill should be nervous. Key engagement game coming up, right? First off, love that he called it an engagement game. It's a big engagement game, but it, I don't know if it is because I said if, I said if they, they if they lost two straight coming off of the engagement, then I'd be concerned. I don't know if it's a big engagement game. I think she might have dodged a bullet. She might have dodged a bullet by the Eagles winning two straight post engagement game. But the thing that causes me concern is 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 this is two straight tough games. Did we get? Did I get lulled by two straight easy games into thinking that everything's fine? That's the question I have to ask myself. It could be a key engagement game coming up. You're right. All right, from Sean Lamont, trust the spot as I trust the beard. I guess that is your uh, your superstition, which is great. I love the beard trust. Uh, also, where do you sit on the Hollins versus Tory Smith debate? Debate uh, more snaps for Hollins. I think absolutely. You know, I think earlier in the season, Tory was important in, in extending the field and, and that kind of thing. But I think everyone's kind of on the same page now. They know what they're doing on offense. 
And Matt Collins has been productive when he's been in there. And I think, I mean, Wentz was even, Wentz is, the well, one thing he struggles with is anticipatory throws. And he was on, he was pretty anticipatory with, with, with Hollins a lot of times this year. So I think him and, him and Hollins are on the same page most of the time. I would, I agree. I would, I would definitely have more snaps from Matt Collins. And I would, I'm curious to see how they play out. I think Torrey Smith's probably gone at the end of the year. But right now, you know, they're, they're vibing on a lot of good levels. And, and, you know, benching Torrey, could do some things culture-wise and, and could uh, mess up a good locker room. So I would be fine with, with keeping Torrey Smith in there for now unless Matt Collins is knocking down the door, which he's not like knocking down the door, but it's definitely a concern uh, for Torrey. But right now I'm pretty good with, with where I'm at with, with, with Mac versus Hollins or Mac versus Torrey. And I think next year we'll, we'll see more Hollins and Torrey will probably not be here. It's time for what's the line saying. I was uh, wrong last week, which I know doesn't usually happen. I got too emotional, but I will say that at six is a different than a three and a half point line. So I think a three and a half was definitely way, way, way more concerning. Um, so the line this week is two and a half. The Vegas is still in on the Eagles, which is cool, and I really like it. I really like it. I think I, I am very, very, very confident that the Eagles win this game on Sunday because of that line. The Eagles open its two and a half point favorites in LA, which is shocking coming off that loss, staying in Seattle or staying out west, away from home. Uh, the Rams are a good team. Like, I'm pretty shocked that the Eagles are essentially five and a half point favorites. That's ridiculous to me. And I think the public's going to look at that and be like, oh, well, I'll just hammer the, hammer the Rams. Very confident. Uh, I, I I trust this team. I trust this coach. I trust this quarterback to bounce back. I mean, Doug pretty much said earlier earlier this week that the, they did not have a good week of practice, so they got complacent. I think that's true. And I think they come out and they kick the Rams' ass on Sunday. And you have to. You have to respond. If you are if you are a legit Super Bowl contending team, you win this game in LA. You can drop a game in Seattle. That's fine. I was perfectly fine if the Eagles split out in this West Coast trip. You can't lose this game. From a seeding standpoint, from a are we legit or not standpoint, you have to. You have to win this game. It's it's psychological. I mean, I thought this was I thought Seattle was a big, all right, you think you're for real, now show me you're for real game. This is just like that. Show me you're for real. Show me you can battle from adversity. If the Eagles lose this game, I'm very concerned about a, a possible Super Bowl run. It's how I feel. I'm sorry. Exactly how I feel. If they lose on Sunday, I'm very concerned about the Eagles Super Bowl run. I really am. But with that line coming out the way it is, I'm pretty confident in the Eagles this weekend. I will take them pull with the points. With the points. Uh, it's a weird thing. Colin Coward says swallow the, swallow the points. That's like one of the weirdest things ever. Like I, I don't get why you do that, Colin Coward. Uh, but thank you for listening to the 17th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. I can't believe it's only been 17. We're just getting on a roll here. Uh, it feels like I've done way more. And uh, I'll be back next week. <laughs>